Hi, everybody. Welcome to a new week and a new edition of Houston's most favored podcast. At least we like to think so. Houston Sports Weekly here on KPRC 2 Plus. Click to Houston.com. We do it each and every Friday. A new episode drops. And we have had some fun with this over the last uh, close to, man, probably almost a year. We're approaching a year at least. I think we're in episode uh, 40 something by now. Uh, but it has always been a lot of fun talking sports with everybody, and uh, we will do it again this week as well. Uh, hey, coming up, we've got uh, a good conversation. A little bit later in segment two, Chancellor Johnson from KPRC 2 Sports will step in. He'll talk a little bit about uh, the Texans as well. This could be a Texans-themed podcast, not only this week, but also uh, next week as well. By the way, I'm KPRC 2 Sports Director Randy McAvoy. Hey, welcome into Houston Sports Weekly. You know the drill. Uh, hey, we're just now under a week away from the NFL Draft, which begins next Thursday. Uh, it's going to be very active for the Texans. You know that by now. That's going to be the focus of today's podcast. Uh, we're going to get some great insight a little bit later from our Texans insider, Aaron Wilson. Aaron joined me and Chancellor out at NRG Stadium uh, earlier this week after the uh, news conference with General Manager Nick Casario uh, to kind of break down our takeaways from that, but also just the draft in general, what they should do with some of these picks. And uh, we're going to start a little bit with in segment one with Casario himself. Aaron will join us uh, in segment number two. But Nick Casario, the general manager, uh, three seasons under his belt now as GM. Uh, has he made some bad decisions? Yes, but he's also made some pretty good decisions, too, when it comes to the draft. And um, one thing he did, and you're going to hear in his interview that we're going to run now, uh, because it, it came on the heels of a lot of reports out there, actually a couple of them locally uh, and then nationally as well, uh, about his departure from the organization. People were hearing things, uh, unsubstantiated reports, uh, just no truth to it at all. We reported that as well. There was nothing to it all along. And uh, fortunately for Nick Casario, before he started anything, and you'll hear it in a moment, he quickly shot down those rumors. He is not going anywhere uh, with the Texans. He has some uh, unfinished business to do uh, with the new partnership with D'Amico Ryans. He talks about that as well. And just the, the kind of time they spend with one another. Uh, the progress they've made behind the scenes since D'Amico was hired uh, to be the head coach of the Houston Texans and all the hard work in this offseason to prepare for the draft. It takes an army of people. I mean, he he went on, and he'll thank some of them if we run some of that clip uh, that are behind the scenes making it happen. It can't just be a two-person operation when it comes to the draft and uh, looking at prospects, breaking everything down, building a board, just doing what you need to do to prepare for an NFL draft. Uh, it's been going on for months now. Uh, even into last season, it was already the early stages of it going on. And then, of course, once the season ended, they were knee-deep in that, <clears throat> led to the combine, and uh, get more evaluation, more interviews with prospects. But now they have to make the decision. And we've talked a lot about, about it a lot on KPRC2+, 2, 2+, plus, click2use.com, our podcast as well. What will they do? What should they do with these picks? It's been a mixed review from uh, Texans fan nation out there on what direction they should go. Um, here's what we're hearing, though, right now, uh, at least from a national perspective, those that are pretty good uh, evaluators of talent, the mock drafts that are out there. 
and you can't trust everything because the only people that really know, frankly, are the guys inside the building, and they're not going to give up anything. I'm talking Texans and every other NFL team over there uh, across the league. Um, but you can evaluate talent and make projections, and some of the well-respected uh, mock drafters out there, uh, you know, you give them a little respect as well. But at the end of the day, you just don't know what direction they're going. But based on those, it appears now that Carolina Panthers could be leaning towards Bryce Young. And assume that goes down, then the question is going to be, okay, what direction do the Texans go? If Bryce Young is immediately off the board, and let me go on record again for the umpteenth time, and many of you know by now, I don't believe Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, for that matter, are franchise quarterbacks. Are they really good quarterbacks, potentially be really good? Absolutely. But do I think they're a surefire one and number two pick that they're going to revamp franchises and take teams to Super Bowls automatically? No, I don't think so. Uh, I just don't see it. I think Bryce Young has a size issue. Uh, I think more and more people now are getting on board with that. But he does have the instinct value. Uh, He makes smart decisions back there. So you start balancing a lot of different aspects of a player's game and – Bryce has some many positives. There's no doubt about it. But I do think his size and lack of it is going to be an issue down the road, whether he goes one, two, or wherever he falls. That's just my take. I've got more, I think, in my corner now uh, as the the weeks have uh, added up recently and past the combine. But uh, it looks like Bryce Young is going to be number one. Then the Texans have a very big decision to make. Nobody knows where they rank C.J. Stroud. Uh, He's a good passer of the football um, out of Ohio State, and he's got good size, pretty good athletic ability, big arm. Uh, but is he the guy? Is there a drop-off big time from Bryce Young? Nobody really knows that. Uh, so that's going to be interesting how that plays out. If Bryce Young is gone, will the Texans go C.J. Stroud number two, or will they pass, maybe take a quarterback later in the first round, or make a trade, get another veteran, trade Lance of the 49ers. That story kind of floating out there that maybe the Niners might be interested in moving uh, Trey Lance, their former first-round pick, as well. Who knows what's going to happen. Part of me says if Bryce Young is gone after the first pick, to me, you bypass C.J. Stroud. I just don't think he's worth the number two pick. I think you can – go another direction, whether it's Will Anderson or some of these other guys that are out there at 2 by 12. You have a chance to get another defensive player. You probably have a really good chance to get a really good wide receiver. There's going to be several receivers uh, taken in the first half of this draft, and there's going to be a lot of possibilities to build uh, for the Houston Texans. So what direction they go, we don't know. Now, Nick Casario spoke earlier in the week. Yeah, we got out of there for 30 minutes. We still didn't know much different, but it was interesting conversation. And uh, right now we're going to listen to some of Nick Casario earlier this week at NRG Stadium. You know, before we take any questions, quite frankly, I'm almost embarrassed that I have to say anything. Um, I mean, honestly, I feel like Leonardo DiCaprio and the Wolf of Wall Street, but uh, I'm not leaving. Um, there's never really been any substantive discussions of the sort. Um Grateful and appreciative of the opportunity um, that my family and I have here in Houston. Um, we understood when we when we arrived, when we got here, that there was a lot of work to be done. And I think when you look across the NFL landscape, there's work to be done in every organization. And 
think we've made some progress where we still have a lot of work in front of us. Um, certainly, it's been a joy to work with D'Amico um, in concert as we build uh, the team and continue to build the staff. Um, you know, unfortunately, I think this time of year, there's a lot of information um, and a lot of topics that are discussed. Um, some are more accurate than others, and I think it uh, transcends multiple landscapes. Um, but I can't, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm almost embarrassed that I have to say anything, but I feel like I have an obligation to, <laughs> to make that statement, uh, really try to stay ahead of it. I'm and really, I mean, I don't think there's anything else to talk about or to say or any question about it. Um, again, appreciative of the opportunity that we have here. Very grateful. Um, and my philosophy and goal is just try to do the best job that I can for the people in this organization, in this building, um, for the city. Um, and as long as ownership uh, approves of what we're trying to do, then you know certainly their support um, is welcomed. Um, so, having said that, you know we'll take some questions here um, and go from there. Yeah, I think you know there's a lot of different ways to go through the team. Um, we'll look at everything. Um, I think D'Amico made some comments. I want to say he spoke last Monday or something like that. And, you know, he was asked some questions, but. You know, we want to have a good football team. Um, I think building the team is the most important thing. Um, how that all comes together, um, there's multiple, always multiple moving parts. Um, so, you know, we'll do whatever we think is best for our um, our team and try to make good decisions. And the goal is to try to make good decisions over the course of time. So, um, you know, our next opportunity is next, what is that, Thursday night. Um, so we'll continue the, the team building process and try to build on some of the things we've done here in the spring. Yeah, I think we've been pretty consistent, Christy, from the beginning. Um, you know, we just want to try to add good football players. Um, you know, if you look at where we are as a team here today, I think we have 69, 70 players that are on the team. So I mean, if we had to go out there and play a game today, I think we'd be able to, to field the team and put a you know team out there. We're always trying to add players throughout the course of the draft that you know we think are going to help us in some capacity. I'd say some players are going to be more ready than others to participate. There's going to be competition regardless of who they dra who we draft. Um, and those players are going to have to earn their role um, and earn their, kind of find their niche on the team. So um, going back to what I said here a little bit earlier, look, we've had a lot of very constructive, substantive discussions with the coaching staff, with the offensive staff, with the defensive staff, factor in the kicking game, spends time with the scouting staff, and just try to identify, I would say, different pods and different, I would say, groups of players. And then you have to look at, Where's the likelihood of us being able to add those players to the roster? Um, and they're probably going to come at different points of the draft. I think one thing that we've learned, that I've learned in 23, whatever it is, years in the league, is good football players can come in a lot of different areas, a lot of different parts of the draft. Um, matter of fact, I was reading an article the other day about like, the first round. You'd start to look at even going back to 2020 and some of the fifth-year option and some of those, I would say, players. And, I mean, again, not that the draft is a coin flip, but I mean, the draft's a coin flip. So I think our philosophy and goal is to try to make good decisions, try to get the right players with the right traits and characteristics, bring them into our building, assimilate them to our culture, and then let the competition kind of bear itself out in terms of who's going to play. And, you know, we don't have to play a game until September. So we have a lot of work in front of us, and there'll be plenty of opportunities for plenty of, plenty of players to prove that they've earned the role that they've, you know, deserved to have.
All right, that was uh, Nick Casario uh, with the media earlier this week at NRG Stadium and uh, answering all the questions. He was in a good mood. He said, hey, are we uh, open for business or are we open to listening? And he emphasized, we're open to listening. And he was referencing the offers he's received from other teams and phone calls he's taken from other teams regarding that number two pick, teams that want to move up. So the Texans are going to listen. They're going to be open to listening between now and the draft on Thursday. Will it lead to a move to trade back down from number two, a little further down and still get their guy? We don't know. We won't know till Thursday. But good conversation there from Nick Casario and uh, Texans Talk. But we're not done yet. We're going to take a break here on Houston Sports Weekly. When we come back, KPRC 2 Sports Chancellor Johnson will take over segment two and lead to our conversation that he and I had with our Texans insider Aaron Wilson right after that news conference at NRG Stadium. That's when Houston Sports Weekly continues. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to Houston Sports Weekly. You just heard from Texans general manager Nick Casario following his pre-draft press conference that they usually have every single year. Most GMs do it across the league, and Nick Casario no different. Listen, this is his third time going through the process with the Houston Texans. You have to think back. In his first year here, of course, they were – they didn't have a ton of draft picks. You, if you remember, that's when they traded for Laramie Tunsil. Those picks kind of came in, and those went to Miami at the time, those those first and second round picks. Um, and then last year, of course, he had two first round picks, uh, courtesy one courtesy of the Cleveland Browns, um, thanks to the Deion, to thanks to the Deshaun Watson trade, where he ultimately drafted Derek Stingley Jr., uh, the cornerback. At number three, and then Kenyon Green Jr. later on in the first round, middle of the first round there, adding to that offensive line. And here he is again this year with two first-round picks, once again courtesy of the um, of the Cleveland Browns. They'll have their first-round pick this year, and they will also have their first-round pick um, next year. And But the big question is, what will they do at two? Will it be a quarterback? I don't know. <laughs> it feels like nobody knows at this point. It's a guessing game. And it's crazy to think about, realistically, they didn't have to be in a situation. If they had just lost that game in the last game of the season at home, they would have had the number one pick and likely would have taken Bryce Young. Now that is out of their control. It is in Carolina in the Carolina Panthers um, control as they own the number one overall pick after trading up forward from number nine with the Chicago Bears. They, they gave up a lot to get it, though. So I don't blame the Houston Texans for not wanting to give up that capital when they have so many needs. But now, you know, they will probably have to pick from a pool of quarterbacks that does not include the former Heisman winner and Alabama standout Bryce Young. But before we even get into all of that, before Nick Casario even got to any of all that, first things first, as you just heard it, he flat out denied the rumors and said it was not going to happen. He denied the elephant in the room or rumor in the room that there was conversation that Nick Casario could potentially be out as the Texans general manager. And it would have been by his choice because from everything that we've been hearing, the McNairs, they're happy with them. They don't have any issue. There was no plans um, to fire Nick Casario, but there were some rumblings um, on the national scene put out there by some national reporters that Nick Casario was contemplating leaving the Houston Texans. And as you just heard him in our first segment, he channeled his inner Leonardo DiCaprio saying, 
I'm not leaving, which is a good sign for the Houston Texans as Nick Asario and head coach Jamico Ryan can continue to build on the foundation that, you know, they've been working on over the last few months since D'Amico Ryans has been hired. So now, once again, you turn your attention to the draft. And will it be Bryce Young? If he's not taken by Carolina, will it be C.J. Stroud? Could it be a defensive player? Maybe Will Anderson uh, Jr. from Alabama, Bryce Young's teammate. Um, or, you know, there's been also some conversation about potentially Tyree Wilson that we've kind of heard from, you know, the, ex, the draft experts at the Texans could be high on Tyree Wilson, the edge rusher out of Texas Tech, who had a really good season last year. If you ask me, I think number two was really high for him. I would love him at 12, but not at two. Um, but, you know, Nick, General, Nick, General Manager Nick Casario didn't really give too much out. You know, of course, he kept his poker face, much like Texans head coach D'Amico Ryans did last Monday when he spoke to the media uh, when the Houston Texans began their offseason workouts. So here we are, six days away from the NFL draft in Kansas City. It's going to be a fun one. For more on reaction from General Manager Nick Casario's press conference, I join our Randy McAvoy and Aaron Wilson right after the availability. Take a listen. A number one on his list was killing the rumors that were out there that have been out there for days about him potentially leaving the organization. He got right to the point, made it clear he's not going anywhere. Before he addressed any questions from the media, he put out an Oscar-worthy answer with referencing an Oscar-worthy movie yeah. uh, from Wolf of Wall Street saying, I'm not leaving. A great way to pretty much put to, put to bed those rumors, and now we can fully focus on the draft, which is just a little bit over a week ago from today. Yeah, that's right. We're getting close inside two weeks and uh, about a week and a half now. Aaron, what, what's your big takeaways from this news conference beyond the statement he made knocking down those rumors? Right, that they are getting calls about the second overall pick, and that's an attractive scenario for them. When you can't get Bryce Young, and that's my opinion, that Bryce and several sources believe he will be a Panther when it's all said and done. And if you're not sure about the other quarterbacks, or maybe you're not sure of them being worthy of the second pick, a tradeback scenario is very attractive. So if the Raiders perhaps want to call some of his buddies, Dave Ziegler and uh, you know Josh McDaniels, they want to call him up, he is open for business. And I think those calls are happening. And that was the most candid comment from him. Mm-hmm. I was just waiting for the wrecking ball in the National Guard references. <laughs> but maybe he doesn't know the movie by heart. But I, I love yeah. the comment. And uh, Jordan Belfort, one thing, though, about these rumors, they started with someone that knows him well and knows Bill Belichick very well, Mike Lombardi. Why would Mike Lombardi just make them up out of thin air? That's the thing that I think the lingering thing. That was the question probably that didn't get answered. Only Mike Lombardi could possibly speculate about that. Yeah. All right, so, so we can half out, guys, uh, and he, he addressed a little bit as well. Assuming Bryce Young goes to Carolina, he's not available. We talked about it on Sports Sunday yeah. a little bit as well. Um, you, you got C.J. Stroud that's going to be available. Is he the guy the Texans should go with number two, or do you think – there's not enough on him. Is he not ranked high enough to, to go that early? And do you go different direction? Perhaps? You know what's funny for the long, leading up after the season ended, it was between Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, and everyone was fine with that. Over the past mm-hmm. couple of weeks now, it's like oh, I don't know if I want to touch C.J. Stroud. All of a sudden, when C.J. Stroud had a very good college career at Ohio State, now there's been some questions about maybe some things, maybe you know mentally or, or things like that. But C.J. Stroud, the tape speaks for itself, and he had a really good college career at Ohio State. I think he's worthy of a number two overall pick. 
if they don't like him, though, of course, you know, they can go a different way and maybe pick the guy at Alabama um, and Will Anderson, who, you know, who can provide a, a great talent to this defense. Or maybe a Tyree Wilson, his name's kind of been floating up there. He'd be a little higher for me. But, um, you know, I would not be surprised if they don't like C.J. Stroud if they go the defensive route. Aaron, what are you hearing out there when it comes to quarterback at number two? Is, is it is it Bryce or they're going to move a different direction? What do you think? If Bryce was there, they would turn in the card. I can tell you that. With C.J. Stroud, there's a lot more question marks. Some of it's over his ability to process quickly. You wish that he wasn't such an overthinker. And some of this you can watch on the film. Some of this you can learn during the scouting process. He was here last week, told the visit went great. Actually, two weeks ago, CJ, uh, Bryce Young was here last week, also went great. What you have to weigh, though, is if you feel like he's going to be a great fit for your system. And talent's not everything. It mm-hmm. has to be more involved. And wouldn't shock me at all, if, like Chancellor said, if they went with a Will Anderson or Tyree Wilson, who is coming off an injury, both of them visited. And then if you can't move back, then maybe you're looking at your quarterback like Hendon Hooker from Tennessee, who does have an ACL, but obviously he'll get healthy and he's a good football player. So you have to look at all avenues. I just don't see those avenues pointing towards C.J. Stroud, Columbus, Ohio, and the Buckeyes quarterback. All right, lastly, uh, just from the get-go, barring no other moves uh, before the draft, you got 2-12, and then you got 33. With those three picks, pretty much a consensus. They're going to fill holes, some key holes, wide receiver, maybe a quarterback, maybe some edge help on the defensive line. They're going to really stock up here in these first Yeah, games. absolutely. They, they have plenty of opportunities to add some real talent to this team that desperately needs it. At 12, you're looking at wide receivers. That's been kind of rumored and reported to the Texans. You have Jackson Smith and Jigler from Ohio State. Maybe you could potentially have an Ohio State pairing mm-hmm. with, with C.J. Stroud at 2 and, and J.S.N. at 12. You have Zay Flowers out of uh, Boston College, um, a speedy wide receiver. Uh, you got Hylett from, from Tennessee, who's another good, fast receiver as well, too. So the Texans, they need weapons, right? They, they, they need it on, on offense, whoever the quarterback is and so um, they can feel that need at uh, at two or 12. What do you think? Yeah? Number one wide receiver, need a number one edge and a QB one and that could be Jackson's been thinking about. He's the only guy I'm only hearing that's worthy of first round consideration. Maybe some other ones get in there like the players he mentioned and maybe even Quentin Johnson from TCU but as far as worthy and graded it's him and everybody else and he is a Dallas native and a heck of a football player just needed to be healthy. He wasn't healthy last year. And look at some of those past Ohio State receivers over the past few years as well. You got Chris Olave with a fantastic year with the New Orleans Saints uh, last year. You have um, Gary Wilson from the New York Jets who was what out there in the running for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Ohio State, they produced wide receivers, and both those guys said mm-hmm. when they were all in college together, JSN was the best wide receiver out of all of them, and we see what they've been able to do at the NFL level. I would really like JSN here in a Houston, Texas uniform. All right. Harrison Jr. Yeah. will be even better. <laughs> yeah, they well, out. A lot of questions to be answered. This is exciting. The countdown continues to the NFL draft. It all gets underway a week from Thursday, April 27th. Of course, expanded coverage on KPRC 2, 2 Plus, and we're all over. Click to Houston.com as well. Previewing the draft, and once draft night arrives, we'll be live all over bringing you all the Texans coverage. So that's it for now from NRG Stadium following the press conference with GM Nick Casario for Aaron Wilson, Chancellor Johnson, and Randy McAvoy. So long for now. All right. Always fun catching up with our Texans insider, Aaron Wilson. You can find all of his content, and he is churning out a ton on our website at click2houston.com. Once again, six days away from the NFL draft in Kansas City. 
We've had a lot of conversation about the number two overall pick and what the Texans will do, assuming that Bryce Young is not there. Will it be a defensive player? Will it be C.J. Stroud? Maybe they take a project in Will Levis or quarterback Anthony Richardson from Florida. But the Texans have a number of picks high in this uh, high in this draft from number two to number 12. I kind of just listed um, some names there in our conversation with Aaron and Randy. Looking at potential wide receivers, whoever the quarterback is, they're going to need some help. The Texans added Robert Woods through um, through free agency, who is a solid veteran, but he's not going to be your number one. You traded away last year's number one, Brandon Cooks, to the Dallas Cowboys. You know, you hope to have John Mechie, the third back, but he's more of a slot guy if he is healthy and able to play. You have Nico Collins, who has been a really good outside, who's been a solid outside receiver for the Houston Texans, but his thing is you want him to stay healthy and be a little more consistent. But Nico Collins, the talent is all there. But you look at a guy like JSN, Jackson Smith and Jigba from out of Ohio State, as I mentioned there, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave said when they were in school together, JSN was the best out of the trio. And both of those guys, Olave and Wilson, had a phenomenal rookie season last year. I like that as an option. Uh, Jalen Hyatt, Hyatt at, excuse me, Jalen Hyatt, uh, potentially to begin the second round, he can fly. The guy is so fast. He killed last year with the Tennessee Volunteers. Another name to watch. And then... After the first round, the Texans kick things off uh, at the top of the second round with the number 33 overall pick. And they can continue to add some top-tier talent. If you do go offense in the first two uh, picks of the first round and, and with number two and number 12, maybe you go defense. Maybe you add um, a cornerback high in the high in the second round. Uh, maybe you get an uh, extra running back. If B. John Robinson there, and I am running up the card in – with the 33rd overall pick, the Houston Texans select B. John Robinson, running back out of the University of Texas. You can now pair him with Damian Pierce, who had an excellent rookie season, arguably could have been, um, you know, offensive rookie of the year, maybe a center. The Texans need some more offensive line help. So plenty of options as we are just coming so close to the NFL draft. And as I just mentioned, six days from now in Kansas City, I cannot wait. We'll have plenty more coverage throughout the week on our podcast from our newsletters and online, and of course, our newscast and our sportscast. You can check all that out on click2houston.com. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week with a reaction from the draft. Take care.